Spring 1946. Vera Frankel had never seen a sun so bright or streets teeming with so many people. Lovers held hands, teenagers zoomed by on Vespas, and old women carried shopping bags laden with fruits and vegetables. Vera smelled sweat and cigarettes and gasoline. The experience of arriving in Naples from Hungary made Vera remember the early spring days in Budapest when she was eight years old and recovering from diphtheria. The curtains in her room had been drawn back and she was allowed to sit outside and eat a bowl of plain soup. Nothing had ever tasted so good and the scent of flowers in the garden was more intoxicating than her mother's perfume. All around her, people felt the same way now. The outdoor cafes overflowed with customers enjoying the espresso without fear of bombs exploding. They nodded at neighbors they had been too afraid to stop and talk to and kissed boys returning from the front until their cheeks were raw. Eleven months ago, the Allies had defeated the Nazis and the war in Europe was over. Welcome to the Good Reading Magazine podcast, sponsored by Pantera Press. Good Reading is a monthly magazine dedicated to books and reading and aims to help readers discover their next favourite book. You can find out more about the books discussed on today's podcast at goodreadingmagazine.com.au. Welcome back to the Good Reading Podcast. I'm Max Lewis, and today we're joined by Australian-born, California-based author Anita Abriel, whose novel The Light After the War tells a sweeping story of love, friendship, and fate after the horror of World War II. Anita, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Max. So what makes The Light After the War so special is that it's based on your mother's own experience in surviving the Holocaust and building a new life after the war. Are you able to tell us a little bit more about her story and how you worked it into the book? Yes. Um, my my grandmother lived with us uh, in Sydney. I was born and raised in Sydney. And they would speak to each other in Hungarian. And so I, you know, I, I got a lot of the feeling of the Holocaust growing up. Um, and my father was also a Holocaust survivor. But I didn't really know much of the story uh, until I was about 11. And then I asked a very specific question, which I won't reveal because it might give something away. And then I learned a lot more about it. Mm. I learned how how my mother and her best friend escaped um, from on the way to Auschwitz and uh, other things about it that, that just made the story, you know, it was, it was a miracle that they survived and and miraculous to me being, you know, luckily that, that I was there. <laughs> so you've written over 13 novels, but The Light After the War is your first foray into historical fiction. What was it like delving into that unfamiliar territory? It was very moving. Uh, my mother died from Alzheimer's about eight years ago, and I have dedicated every single book to her because she was a really wonderful person. And so to to really dig into her life, and I didn't change any of the names in the book. And I met I met Edith once, uh, her best friend, many many years ago. Actually, uh, when we were all visiting Europe, we met in Munich uh, when I was about thirteen. So it was all very very moving to sort of delve into her past and, of course, into the whole time of the Holocaust because it's just incredibly frightening what went on. And given the immense historical context of the novel, as well as your own family history, which is entrenched in the book, what was the process of gathering all that research like? I did an awful lot of research, um, mostly on the internet. I had some um, personal 
things. Like I have her record of when they arrived at Ellis Island and I had photos of uh, her in, in Venezuela um, in Caracas at the time, but I just did an awful lot of research, um, both in the library, but mainly on the internet of, of, you know, mm. the war in, in Budapest and Hungary and, and Italy after the war. And then of course, Venezuela, um, after the war and as well. And I think those locations and the way that they come alive in the book is one of the most special parts about the book. Um, how did you go about achieving such vivid descriptions of these locations, especially what they were like just after the war? Thank you. I, I, that's one thing I've just always done in my writing and, and all of my previous books are all set in different locations. And it's kind of one of the, the draws, I suppose. I just really visualize while I'm writing and I really feel like I'm there and I think somehow I get that on the page. You know, it's something that's very important to me that sort of transport the reader and myself in the book. And in a lot of other ways, the book is, aside from a historical fiction novel, it's also a love story with Vera falling in love, not only with uh, Captain White, but also the many places she falls, she calls home across her journey and also the loving friendship she has with Edith. What is it about love that inspires and fascinates you as a writer? I, I think that, to me, almost all stories boil down to romance in, hmm. in one way or another. I, I mean... All love stories to me are, are boy meets girl, you know, some, uh, there's an attraction, something separates them, and then either they do get back together or don't. And, and that's really kind of the greatest story there is, because that's, you know, kind of what life is all about at one point or another. And then the love one feels um, between mother and daughter has always been extremely important to me, because I mm. think that's a bond like no other. And the, the bond between women is very, very important to me because, again, that's just a very special bond that is different and, and is so important in a woman's life. Um, and it's just such a very deep bond that can last for your entire life. Yeah, that enduring friendship of Vera and Edith is one of the book's most moving aspects because it feels so so real. Was that friendship based on any significant people in your life? Uh, I have a best friend that I've had since, since high school, and we still talk, you know, um, almost every day, talk yeah. or text, and haven't seen each other probably in 25 years. Uh, so, yeah, you share things with with. with with women, with girls, with friends that you don't share with other people and they know you so well and you can be yourself. You, know, you can really be yourself with your best friend like with nobody else and 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 that's you know very special all through life. And so another one of the, the novel's major themes is that of fate and particularly in how fate can work behind the scenes as it were to bring people together. Are you a big believer in fate yourself? Yes, actually, interestingly enough, um, I've written before about synchronicity, which, you know, is, is another word, I guess, for fate, that unrelated events that can, can't be avoided and shape your, your future. And yes, I, I'm a big believer in fate. You, you just, you know, there, there's a plan and, and it happens whether or not you want it to very yeah. often. 
did you have any trouble working that aspect into the novel? Because some people, I guess, might believe that it's hard to work fate into a, a novel, especially such as this, without it seeming fantastical and kind of out of the blue. I think I approach it as as sort of a, a series of events. And when I write, I truly write just what's going to happen next. And I don't. I try not to look at the big picture. And I think if it follows logically then it makes sense to me. And a lot of things in the book that happened truly happened. And so whether or not it seems, you know, fantastical, it's what happened. Because somebody said something to me, I, you know, an early reader, oh, I don't believe that. I'm like, well, it happened. <laughs> so, you know, that, that is what life is like. You, you, you don't believe it, but it happened. So I, I, I guess in terms of the, the major plot points of the novel, aside from what uh, instigates um, Vera and Edith moving to um, Naples and then the locations they go to after that, how much of the novel's plot is actually based in reality? Um, yeah, each each place they go to, the reason that they go there is, is, is real. You know, it's based on the true story. And certain, and certain most events, are real too, and and especially what happens um, in Venezuela, um, which again I don't want to give it away, but 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 yes, yeah, it's all part of the story that I heard as a child. Wow. Okay. And um, in terms of the whole book's message, there was a particular line in the book that I felt really summed it up, and that was, "Death is everywhere, but so is life." I felt like the book really hammered home not only the devastation that World War II caused, but the strength of the human spirit, and particularly that of the Jewish people, and that strength that allowed the world to recover. Do you still feel like we have this spirit in us today? Oh, I think absolutely. And, and I appreciate you um, noticing that, because that is, that is what I feel. And I also, going along with that, I sort of have a, a, a belief that, that beauty is very important, and beauty in anything you know, in flowers and trees and, and, and to appreciate life. You know, that beauty is everywhere. You look up. I mean, I'm looking outside right now. And there's, you know, I'm looking at really beautiful green trees. And that makes me happy. And, and so there, there, is always, there is always life and there is, there is always hope. Um, you, you, you never know what's going to happen next. And, you know, even if, if you're leaving behind death, um, there, there is always, hopefully, a tomorrow when everything can be completely different. And we, we never give up hope. It, it's, you know, it's part of being a human being. Overall, what would you like readers to get out of The Light After the War? Uh, I, the, to, to really, two things, I guess. To really remember the Holocaust, to, to not forget it in, a, in, a, in small and personal ways. Because it, it's easy to look at the big picture and the small picture is is the individuals and 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 how they suffered and then what they brought with them to their lives and and thus to the you know the next generations and and then also just to to really embrace life just to really embrace life and appreciate what we have and and never give up absolutely and was there anything else that you'd like to mention uh there there um will be another uh historical fiction um after the light after the war. So I'm, I'm pretty committed to, to writing, you know, the historical fiction because I think there's so much material there and, and, and so many wonderful stories to tell and I can just dig deeper. So I'm very excited about, um, that, 
direction for, for my writing. Can you give us a hint about what it might be focusing on this time around? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, Anita, thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure. I'll have to wait on that one.